You're listening to Lab Notes, your weekly guide to science and innovation. Hello, I am Mark Inatponos. And I'm Leo Stevens. Welcome to The Brief, where we cover two concepts from science and business. G'day, Mark. What have you got for us today? Today, I want to talk about discovery project funding. So, governments all around the world award funding to academic researchers to carry out their research projects. And this funding comes in many different shapes and forms. For example, in Australia, the Australian Research Council runs a program called Discovery Projects to support fundamental research in the sciences, engineering, social sciences, and the humanities. Last year, the Australian Research Council received close to 3,000 applications for the Discovery Project. Of those, only one in five or 650 applications were awarded funding. Usually, all of these successful grants are trimmed with researchers receiving, on average, about 75% of the funds they request, which works out as about $400,000 spread over three years. And these are, very briefly, the principal pieces of Discovery Project funding. So what goes into a Discovery Project? What makes it different to other forms of science, other grants? So a large part of these applications you have to address a number of criteria. So, for example, the investigator itself, so the people carrying out the research, you have to prepare a lengthy document that details every publication you did in the last 10 years. You have to talk about your track record, your outreach. So you have to talk about yourself in such a fashion that the reviewers can see and assess if you are capable of carrying out the research. And that's worth about 35% of the assessment. The project itself, interestingly enough, is also worth about roughly that same amount in terms of the assessment. So when people look at this project, they look at almost half of what how they decide and how to, to give you funding is dependent on who the person is or who the research team is. And the other half is pretty much on what the project is and what the project is about. So what stage of, I guess, academic career would the discovery projects primarily target? Are they straight out of a PhD? Is it a late career? Kind of All of the above, straight out of the PhD until late career. All right, so it, it's one of the major kind of funding sources for researchers? Yeah, that's, it's, it's a, a large source of funding. And obviously what people assess are assessed on is what is called relative to opportunity So if you would assess someone that's two years out of their PhD and you can compare their track record to somebody that is at the end of their career, then that's obviously not a fair comparison. So the term that is always used is you got to look at relative to opportunity. So the ARC is one funding body. What others are there? In Australia, the other main one is the National Health and Medical Research Council, which focuses on health and medical research in Australia. And they will have 
similar programs to the Discovery Project funding. So that leaves a pretty huge scope of potential research under the ARC's remit, basically everything that isn't medical. Yes. How do they find experts in such a diverse range of fields to assess these grants? They have access to, if I if I remember this correctly, about 10,000 people on their database. So they'll use Australian-based researchers and they also use, obviously, international ones. And I, I should also point out that this entire review process is a voluntary service provided by academics. So they review these grants for free. Now, if you have a couple of people applying, then the length of one of these grants can run into the hundreds and hundreds of pages that reviewers would have to wade through in order to gain an idea of whether this should be awarded funding or not. It's a pretty substantial volunteer contribution. Yes, and that's probably all we have time for for this one. What have you got for us today, Leo? All right, so still on the topic of grants, fortunately they're not just for fundamental research, but they're also for entrepreneurial ventures and businesses as well. So I want to talk on the Accelerating Commercialization Grant Scheme. It's one of the biggest schemes run nationally. Uh, it's supported by the Australian government and Oz industry, and they provide both targeted mentorship and up to a million dollars in matched funding to support a new venture, a new product, a new service. It's particularly for small companies or individuals, there is a revenue test and you have to have made under $20 million for the preceding three years, which is not a problem for most entrepreneurs and researchers. Um, the, the scheme is delivered as a two-stage process, so you don't jump into that million dollars match funding immediately. You have to first apply for a feeder program called Commercialization Guidance. And in this, you get partnered with a mentor from Oz Industry who can provide advice on how to get the most of your business idea. And they also appraise your project to see whether it's suitable and would be competitive in the Accelerating Commercialization Grants main round. Uh, if your mentor agrees your idea is worthy, they'll help you prepare a full application, which will include a detailed description of your product, a commercialization strategy, and proof that you can match the government funding which for entrepreneurs and researchers will probably mean also securing external investors or loans for the business. Ultimately, successful applicants get themselves a long-term mentor, up to a million dollars in government funding, and assistance to ensuring their ideas make it to market and ideally are also exported internationally. So that's the, the main purpose of the Accelerating Commercialization Grant. Magic. So... What does targeted mentorship mean? How do you target mentors? Uh, I guess it's about them actually working one-on-one -on -one with you and reviewing your business in its specific details as opposed to just providing general guidance on business or general guidance on commercialization. So this person will come and have several in-person meetings with you, could go through your company's accounts, could review your product personally um, and, and really kind of get involved in the business for a short period of time. In a, in a way that a board director might, and, and these people might en end up on the board of your company should you become successful, um, but th they certainly fill that role of a, of a close contact and a mentor for the business as it grows. And, and who manages that process and where do the mentors come from? So Oz Industry is kind of the arm of the department of, I think it's industry, science, innovation. It's got a, it's got a long-winded name, but um, Oz Industry has these people, these mentors, whose job is to go out and to liaise with businesses and to help them apply for this and other schemes. 
Um, so they're the main pool. There are also what are called facilitators from the Accelerating Commercialization Program itself, and they can be your mentor as well. And you mentioned that there's two stages, and then eventually there is a, after in this first stage, there's an appraisal. Can you elaborate a little bit about how the appraisal process works? Quite a lot of the application will come down to the time that you spend with your mentor developing a strategic plan for the business and a, and a full kind of rollout strategy for this technology. And, and their contributions and their recommendation of your business, your idea, to the panel that assesses the accelerating commercialization grant is worth quite a lot in this process. So um, what happens during that commercialization guidance period really is critical to your perspectives at success in the accelerating commercialization main round. So grant writing is an art in itself and universities will have huge infrastructure and resources available to help researchers put it all in, a, in the framework that's acceptable. How does that work in startup companies who probably don't have that availability? Do they have to bring people in? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess in the world of business, it's just that rather than that advice being on tap within your organisation, you have to contract it in. So um, there are certainly grant writing agencies that you can pay for their time to provide their professional expertise in preparing grants for you. And that would probably be the way that you would access that expertise as a company, as opposed to just having a grant writing unit within your university. And a very quick last question, because we're going slightly over time. What is the length of a typical application in stage one and stage two? Any idea? Are we talking like hundreds of pages, 10 pages, five pages, a text I message? I don't know the number. It's more than a text <laughs> message. Um, I, I don't have an answer for you. Okay, and that's uh, all we have time for today. Thank you, Leo. We'll see you all next week. Thank you, Mark. See you next week.